Hey guys, welcome to Bang Boardcast, episode number 541. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 15th, 2023. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, with the release of the new Hunger Games movie, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, we're taking a look at prequels. But not any of the prequels you've seen before. We're going to make up our own. The stories that need to be told, because let's be honest, guys, a lot of prequel movies ain't great. Oh, so we could redo a prequel movie? No, you're, pick, you're making a new oh, one. A new one. Oh, okay. okay. Paul, had, Paul had a little bit of trouble with this. Because mm. I'm like, oh, that's already a prequel. That's already mm. a prequel. That prequel's in development already. That's why we're we're making our own. <clears throat> yeah. I don't like many things. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't help him out and give him one. Mm. But why don't you give me uh, a couple words about the beer you're drinking? Uh, so I actually have two beers that are open right now. Uh, I got the Nitro Three Philosophers from Omegang. Uh, you take it, you you give it a, sh- a shake, it says invert it three times, pour hard in the center of your glass, pour super smooth. Uh, I just don't like Three Philosophers. Um, there's something interesting, I wanted to try it out. I poured it, it's a little more cherry kind of forward on it. Um, it's nice, but I don't, I just don't love that beer, and it's not something I want to just drink like it just doesn't hit my palate great um but the nitro version of it uh does it justice unlike a couple years ago when we had the pumpkin uh nitro and i felt like that just didn't do pumpkin any justice uh but a beer i am enjoying is from notch brewery they're pilsner a czech style pills coming in at four percent and this is just a really nice drinking beer a little biscuity little bready um, from those malts. Uh, this is nice. This is a beer I could sit and just drink all day. And at 4%, Paul, I could drink it all day. This Ooh. sounds pretty crushable. That's, it, it does sound, you know, 4%. That's right in there. It's right in Paul's wheelhouse. I'm like a little too much. <laughs> Paul, what are you Don't drinking? Don't go there. Too much. Paul, whose wheels are in your house right now? Uh, the the wheels in my house is... Uh, they go round and round. Yes, Paul, we know this. Yeah. Ellicottville Brewing. Uh, I enjoyed some of their uh, seasonals um, that I picked up last year uh, in January. You know, their storm, stormy weather one, uh, which I enjoyed, their spring. So, uh, you know, I, I figured I'd give their holiday 12-pack uh, a whirl. Because good fridge, it's it would be a good fridge filler no matter what. You know, it's, the holidays are 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 just about upon us here. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving after all here in the states. So I'm drinking uh, from this variety pack their sugar cookie ale brewed with natural flavors, and this is yeah very desserty, 5.6 percent by volume. I could not drink this all day. One because it's too sugary. Two, it's uh, a little high on the ABV to be an all day drinker, but it's the lowest. ABV in their pack, so that's why I'm starting with it. Chris, uh, what are you partaking of? John, did you become an Autobot for a second? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. 
you had like a weird echo that happened with your voice. Uh, I picked up a. Well, I couldn't hear it, so I didn't know what you were talking about. And then I was like, is it because I'm sitting with my hands folded? Hey, so, you know, next week, once you get this posted, uh, just give it a listen, you know, here in the first couple of minutes. And then after you listen, make sure you rate and review mm-hmm. over on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, but I picked up a sampler pack from a Florida brewery that I haven't actually had anything from before. They are car- called Florida Avenue Brewing. And I'm starting off with their Dead Parrot. And this is a light lager with sea salt and fresh limes, 4.2% ABV. And Paul... This would fit into your wheelie house because mm. it's very light, very crushable. The, it's a, a lot of really good lime flavor, and then you get that kind of liminess on mm. the salty limey on the back end. I really enjoy this a lot. Um, they got three of them in the pack. This is a great Florida beer. Hey, nice. it's Florida Avenue. They know what they're doing. So it's not that acrid sour. It's an actual nice. No, it, it's a nice like tart. Like, I don't want to say biting into a lime, but it's not overly done. Like, it's a nice lime zest to it. Mm. This is good. I've already probably drank half this can, and I'm, I'm looking forward to more. Do you think it's a reference to Monty Python or I a think it, reference to uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett? I think it's both. Because, mm. I mean, it does have a dead parrot on there, but I think they're definitely going for, like, the parrot head. Yeah, Margaritaville you know. style. Yeah. Yeah. That Margaritaville style lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Where your house is on wheels. And also, uh, Jimmy Buffett famously said that he kind of got over margaritas. Like he he didn't he, he thought they were too sweet, so he started drinking just tequila with lime juice. Like that was his drink of choice. Like if somebody's like went to the bartender, it's like, hey, send Jimmy a margarita for me. He'd ask. Or just be tequila and lime juice and like made up and you know where it looked like a margarita enough where he can you know like oh thank you you know kind of thing. That's when you that's when you switch to those land shark lagers though. Yeah, something that he never needed to drink because nobody needs to drink it. I don't know. I think I've had one before. I don't remember it being bad. It, yeah, it's just that style of beer that I'm not a big fan of. It's a Mexican lager, and it's a generic one at that. <clears throat> you know what's really generic? The news! Movie, tra- <laughs> movie trailers? <laughs> Guys, it's finally happened after 100 and, what, almost 20 days of uh, the uh, Screen Actor Guild strike. The strike is over. That's right, we've been seeing actors and actresses back on uh, back on the evening no- uh, talk shows. They're on the evening news! They're on the evening talk shows again. They're promoting movies. Uh, films are act, uh, ramping up. Productions are ramping back We're up. We're still on not going to be getting three. anything, though. <laughs> not for a little while. <laughs> Everything's still being pushed back because everything is... Now that the writers are back, they can start working on things again. They probably have been, but... So much stuff has had to have been pushed back that... You, everything's gone. No, movies are dead, everybody. Bye. I said that... Back in January of 2020. (laughs) Little did I know. But talking about movies uh, being dead, uh, apparently Marvel movies are done. They're calling it. People are like, oh, only $47 million for the Marvels. It's over. The peak superhero is over. Uh, Kevin Feige has to figure out something else to do. 
And also, oh, <clears> Kevin <throat> Feige, did you hear this? Was asked about whether or not he was doing his Star Wars movie, and he had a one-word answer. No. No. That's okay. I mean, they're taking a look at what they're doing with Star Wars now, and that's fine. And, I mean, they've already said Marvel's going to be doing the same thing. Like, Bob Iger came out, like, a couple months ago and was like, no, we're going to take a look at the cadence that we're releasing everything in and reevaluate, because I think they were coming out to... Well, it was just like a bloat of content that they were trying to release just to keep up with everything, and that wound up biting them in the ass. And Well, also, it was just announcements, because we haven't had a Star Wars movie since, uh, what? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was... 2019. I was going to say, like, how many years ago? Three years ago? Four years ago? <clears throat> so, yeah. But, I mean, like, just the the random announcement of, this person's doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's to cut you off, Chris. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But, yeah, I think... Star Wars knows what they're doing. They've been delivering on the TV front. And you can't say, oh, Marvel's failing because, okay, Captain Marvel hasn't done well, but Loki season two just wrapped up and that was absolutely fantastic. Like That was a killer show. Like I, I think it's going to be the first show that I go back and rewatch before I have to for the great Marvel movie retrospective because there's just so much care and so much fun in those episodes. And even if you want to take a look back at the last like, big picture Marvel movie we had, Ant-Man Quantumania is still in, like the top 10 movies that came out in 2023. It's like number three or four, I think. So it might not have had like a huge like, <clears throat> reaction, but it still performed well. Like, And also you got to think, too, like just movies aren't performing anywhere near what they used to. Mm-hmm. And this was another one that like. A guy at work was like, Marvels. And I was like, is that coming out this week? Like, I had no idea it was even coming out. Mm-hmm. I just don't follow, like, trailers. And I don't follow, like, I just don't see those announcements anymore. So I don't even realize when these movies are coming out. Every movie, that guy was like, oh, I'm going to go see this. I was like, yeah, I didn't even know it was coming out. The thing is, trailers are, you know, put out so far ahead of the movie now that you it's hard to tell when it's coming out. And sometimes the trailer doesn't even know when it's coming out. It'll be like coming soon to the theaters. No, much like uh, I have no idea. Did the the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer end with uh, one the the release date? Um, I don't remember if it said, but according to Google, it does say March 29th, 2024. Because they had been working on it for a while. They just didn't have the title released or announced until we got this teaser trailer which it looks cool it looks like a ghostbusters movie that's all i can say paul rudd's suited up in it he's got a proton pack on i'm down for it it looks cool i love ghostbusters yeah. looks fun i still haven't seen the last one it's good it's fun yeah, it's a ghostbusters movie okay watch it on the plane i forgot what i was watching oh i was watching uh black black widow on the plane mm. Mm. Okay, watching mm. Ghostbusters. Uh, Paul, I thought he was going to say Black Black Mask. What's that one with uh, Ethan Hawke? And where's the masks? Oh, the Black, Black Phone. Black Phone. Yeah, Paul would never watch that. I would never watch I that. know, that's why I thought it was odd. Uh, Paul, did you watch the trailer for the new live-action <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender show coming out on Netflix, though? Yeah, it has Angry Appa on it, in it, which is nice. 
He's not playing Appa. He's playing Uncle Iroh. I, I, I forget the guy's actual name. He's Angry Appa on uh, Instagram. He's uh, uh, Carson Tiva on uh, Mandalorian and but Star Wars. I, I don't know the man's real name. <laughs> I don't know the man's real name. He's uh, from Kim's Convenience. Yes. I don't know his name either. Paul Paul, something. Paul, you do have the internet. Paul Sun Hyung. Paul Paul Sorvino. Yep. I do have the internet right here, but, you know, you guys knew who I was talking about. The internet knows who I'm talking about, and it's Paul Sun Young. So there you go. John looked it up for me. Lee. Lee at the end. Oh, Paul Sun Young Lee. So there you go. Yes. And he's from Toronto. He lives up in Toronto. He seems like a great guy from his Instagram. <laughs> uh, this looks cool. This looks like a better adaptation than the uh, End Night Shyamalan one that we had done. The only thing that makes me a little bit apprehensive about it is we don't have any actual dialogue from the show because that could wind up killing it. Mm-hmm. The, like the delivery isn't really good, but yeah, it looks looks promising. I'm hopefully optimistic about this one. It looks really good, like when they're standing in front of like the ice orb where mm-hmm. Aang is. Like <gasps> that looks really good. You know, it's like it, it, some of the stuff that they've shot. It all looks really well done. Um, and I just hope they've learned their lesson and they're going to call him Aang and not Ung. Um, like Paul's favorite movie, Last Airbender. <laughs> so bad. Remember they didn't call him by his. Yeah. By his name in that? So they're like, it's more like this. And it's like, no, it's a whole different thing. It's its its own thing. Yes, it's based on some Asian cultures, but based on and being are two. Yeah. Two and especially uh, with three seasons of him called One Thing. Make a mm-hmm. movie and call him something else. No, especially because Ed Night Shyamalan made that movie because his kids were big fans of last airbender and like he was like oh yeah you know what we would watch it together so this is for like them it's like well then you'll you let your kids down i right that's, that's the, the twist funniest thing is like uh, i actually really don't like my kids <laughs> like i ruined ruined their childhood for them yeah kate and i <clears throat> we're gonna walk out if we weren't gonna talk about it on the show we would we were gonna leave because it was just that just the constant voiceover, just the constant like, oh, this is happening, voiceover. This is happening, voiceover. And every like, it tried to fit too much into the 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 one movie. So I'm glad it's being adapted as a TV show. I am nervous since the actual creators, the two uh, I forget their names, David, um, both walked away from it. Seemed <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't quite it either. And then they created their own studio to try to do their own thing. Well, I think if I'm remembering correctly, the reason for leaving it is Netflix had more of a controlling handover than they were not comfortable with, but than they wanted. But it, I mean, it does look good. And also Netflix is fronting the bill for it. I understand them wanting to put the money down. And have have some kind of say in it, especially going off of how bad the other one was. But I I've never watched the anime One Piece, so I haven't watched the live action adaptation of that one. But people seem to love it. Like people are like this is great. So you know if they're able to take those lessons that they learned from something 
played Cowboy Bebop, and then to One Piece, and now to Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm, I'm there for it. I don't know. This seems like it's been in development for a long time. I I don't know if they could have learned lessons from something that was coming out while it was in development, you know. But maybe they could have. Maybe if they could do huh. reshoots, because uh, apparently Captain America forced doing a bunch of reshoots. Yeah, like the entire movie, <laughs> from what I heard. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to Avatar. I'm hoping this is another way to get my son watch it the um again he, my son's four so the things that like grab his attention really grab his attention and avatar starts out a little slow mm-hmm. and it just didn't grab him and he was already like off like playing by the time things started like picking up so maybe this show will do that but i we started watching one piece the cartoon and we watched One Piece, the live action. And the live action does a really great job of filtering out those extra episodes in a series to just mm-hmm. boil it down to the main story. And it's really well done. But it's like it does a great job of adapting the cartoon, the anime into a live action series. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping for the same with this. Me too. And something else I'm a little bit more cautiously optimistic about is coming out from Disney Pixar, Inside Out 2, the sequel to the Emotional Emotions movie. But didn't they already do that with uh, Riley's first date? It was like a little short. Short. Oh, so is this happening after that or is it happening? Yes. Okay. This would be happening after that. Um Broke a bunch of uh, records for Disney and Pixar. It's now their most watched animated trailer ever, which is kind of surprising. That's something like Inside Out. But you know what? I don't have a lot to say. I think this is one of those movies that I enjoyed the original, but I never went back to it. So I don't really have a lot going for a sequel. Okay. You know, I I do love me some uh some pixar movies so i i'm okay with this one coming out well i'm for disney pixar i'm trying to think i'm like okay well what what movies could would have been released that would have an like an online trailer and when did online trailers really become like a metric like maybe guardians of the galaxy volume one like the first guardians of the galaxy and when was that 2010 no, uh, the first Guardian of the Galaxy was 2014. 2014. So from then we had... I know, because I took my wife on our third date to go see that. You had the original Inside Out come out. The Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3, Coco. Okay, so I would have thought Coco would have garnered some cool internet buzz. Incredibles 2, that you would have thought that would have had a cool trailer. Toy Story 4. Onward, there was, you know, that's kind of gets swallowed up by COVID. Soul got swallowed, swallowed up and was released directly to Disney Plus. Luca, same. Turning Red, the same. Lightyear, day and date with. No, no, that that got a movie really theatrical release and then Elemental. So I don't know. I, I'm not that surprised that this 
has a big like online following because I think nowadays it's it's more prevalent to have a big online kind of push. But what about Tony Hale replacing Bill Hader as Fear? I'm okay with that. The Fear really didn't do too much in that first movie. And Tony Hale now has that Disney connection because he was in uh, Hocus Pocus Part 2. It was also Forky in Toy Story 3. Oh. Still haven't seen any of the Toy Stories. Uh, I've seen Toy Story 1. Sorry. Okay. I tried so you're, you're lying. Remove I, I, him from the call. <laughs> I, tried, <laughs> I tried re-watching Toy Story, the first one, uh, not too long ago. Couldn't get through it. It definitely shows its age. Just quite a bit. Did not like it. Um, yeah. Is that the rest? What other news did we have? Did we get through it all? Uh, the only other thing that I had written down is just announced today that the Comixology app is going away. All of the functionality is now being folded over into uh, Amazon's Kindle app, which if you were buying books on Amazon or Comixology before, you could already download them to your Kindle library. But now this is officially uh, the only way to read your books. Now, everything I've previously bought, even before it transfer went to buying it through Amazon, should transfer over now, right? Yeah, because it's all from the same platform. It was mostly just the delivery method you were reading it through. So it's still all going to be there, but it's just kind of annoying. Because <clears throat> we talked about this on the episode... I don't even remember the number. When it was announced that Comixology was going away, it was just going to be all through Amazon. Just the headaches that we had with actually trying to access and read the books that we... Because that's how we were buying comic books. So now that they're getting rid of the preferred method for me to read them, I I do not feel excited about that. Yeah, basically, even now, if you try to... If you're reading the books on on your uh, laptop PC, it basically brings you to Kindle, even Comixology, you know, so yeah. uh, .com, it just brings you over to the Amazon Kindle. So it's not that surprising that it's going away. But yeah, like you said, Chris, not excited. Not one bit. But you know what I am excited for? What? I don't know, either my next beer or the comic books that are coming out November 15th. Where where are we going to go next? Comics. All right. Uh, what style of beer? I don't know. I'm drinking next the Salt Caramel uh, Cold Press Espresso, which is, uh, it says it's an ale. So I guess these are all technically, oh no, the, the Chocolate Cherry Bomb is stout, but I haven't cracked it open yet. But I am excited to tell you about uh, Fantastic Four, number 13, John. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, my Kindle only has 59 books on it. And I have so much more. And that's all books, not just downloaded books. Right. It will merge on December 4th. Don't you worry. Why would you be worried, well, John? I am a little worried because I spent a lot of money on 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 books on this so mm-hmm. um, whoa, whoa 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 they never promised you that they would last forever the, the problem with the digital media digital media you had to make sure you download all of them and save them to your phone somehow first you know and then 
then figure a way to uh, take it from your phone and download it to a uh, storage drive uh, somehow. Is that illegal? Maybe. But, you know. You know what? Just, well, John, just download to take all of your books. Just screenshot all of the pages on all of them, and boom, you're done. <laughs> boom. Boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. Also, my next beer is going to be a blueberry wheat ale. Mm, okay. So, John. Fantastic Four, number 13. Uh, there's been an inflection point of two universes colliding here. One is our universe, the Fant- you know, 616. The other is a world where all the uh, heroes and uh, denizens of the planet are dinosaurs. So that's right. The cover of Fantastic Four, number 13, is Doctor Doom riding Doctor Doom. But Cool. It's our Doctor Doom. Writing a Tyrannosaurus Rex Doctor Doom. So it's pretty great. It seems pretty crazy. Written by uh, Ryan North. Artist is uh, Iban Kalio. So we'll see. Uh, I, I have no I, I have no words for this, but I'm excited to see this. What could possibly be a train wreck or just a really enjoyable turn your brain off and just enjoy the 20 pages of a comic book storytelling. So I'm surprised you picked this and not the Speed Force number one comic book that is coming out. Yeah, but this has Doctor Doom writing Doctor Doom. Mm. It's double the Doom. Paul's written fan fiction about that, so <laughs> yeah. obviously he's he is excited about that. Mm-hmm. Chris. So actually, what? I was gonna say a couple months ago, but I believe it was actually closer to a year ago. We read a Star Wars Visions comic book <laughs> where it was all written and drawn by. Uh, artist Peach Momoko, and she's actually back doing another one-shot issue, uh, 40 pages, and it looks like it's maybe three different stories, so we're again coming into an anthology type uh, book from there. I absolutely love that first Star Wars Visions book from her. She's one of my favorite comic book artists and comic book cover artists, so uh, even though I'm not keeping up on my Star Wars books, this is going to be beautiful, so this is going to be my pick. Because John took my other <laughs> I didn't realize I did this till I was looking up uh, what we were going to do for this show. And you had already written this in for uh, Look Back. And yeah, I, that's oops. Okay. I, I mean, if you like It's it, already been up there for a it. day. Um, um, but uh, I am picking, as well as Chris, uh, Outsiders number one. Uh, this is written by Jackson Lansing, art by Colin Kelly, and this is Luke Fox teaming up with uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman, to be the Bat Force to police the multiverse, uh, with some other characters showing up uh, as well to to help them. But they're going to be kind of making sure everything in those these new multiverse uh, worlds are going according to plan, I guess. Uh, Looks interesting. Uh, The covers and everything give me a lot of um, what's the uh, Cassidy Uh, art. Uh, um, Warren Ellis's planetary, because that's Thank definitely you. what this is. Even one of the other characters on the cover it looks like drummer. It's, it's it's drums. They call her drummer uh, in the solicitation stuff. But yeah, that's why I was excited about this one. I'm not a huge fan of 
Luke Fox or Kate Kane, but I really did enjoy Planetary a lot. Uh, them being the, I forget what they refer to themselves as, but they're like the archaeologists of the weird or anthropologists of the weird or something, uh, where every single issue was a completely different type of story. And they were all so well done. That was probably of those quintessential, hey, you want to read comic books? Oh, this is a comic book you should read from the like late 90s, early 2000s. I think that's the one that I probably enjoyed the most uh, so i'm glad it's coming back in kind of a pseudo strange way uh through that batman lens are you excited to have to wait three years for the final issue in between you know uh how many years was it between the the <laughs> i don't even know because it went from like it was coming up before we started reading comics and then after we had been reading comic books for a while it's like hey finally final issue coming out and then i just bought the trades um yeah this is something i'll definitely check out the first issue i don't know if i would keep up on it because i am trying to trim down my my comic book buying a little bit i just dropped a few books for my polis last time i went to the store but then i added like birds of prey so who who knows i'm, I'm not <laughs> good at this kind of thing uh yeah you drop one book that means you can pick up two more it's that's how it works right yeah, it's the Hydra way. And my beer, like I said, up at the front, before we started talking about our comic books, is the Blueberry Wheat Ale from Florida Avenue. And this is the You're My Boy Blue at 5.3% ABV. This is also just a really nice, light, crushable, drinkable beer. Uh, good blueberry taste where I likened it previously to the Ellicottville blueberry. Uh, so it's that kind of oh, this is a blueberry taste, but then it's like, well, blueberries don't actually taste like this because it's a little bit too sweet. It's not, like, earthy enough, but this is also another another strong showing. Uh, Florida Avenue, I looked it up. It's about an hour away from me. Uh, they have two breweries, one located in, like, Wesley Hills or Wesley Chapel, Florida, and then one in Tampa. So I think it might be something that's worth checking out maybe next time. Take a Tampa trip. Paul. Nice. I'm drinking from Ellicottville, like everything I'm drinking tonight. This is our salted caramel cold espresso, ale brewed with specialty Nicaraguan coffee. And this uh, has big coffee notes right up front. Don't get much salted caramel. Again, definitely in the dessert realm, it's a sweet kind of coffee. This is a, a coffee for people that don't like coffee. I know, um, but easy drinking and it is a 6.3 percent alcohol by volume uh yeah these are big bold flavors uh you're definitely not searching for anything here it's not very complex either though so it's exactly what they say it is on the can not bad but not i wouldn't want i'm glad it's a variety pack because i wouldn't want a full six pack of this or this sugar cookie so far john what three beers are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking <clears throat> from Tuckerman Brewing Company out of New Hampshire. This is their Rock Pile IPA. Um, this is a nice drinking beer. I had to take many sips to kind of overpower the breadiness of the Pilsner that kind of stayed on my tongue. Um, and also, I was expecting this to be more of a New England beer 
style IPA. And this is a lot more West Coasty, kind of that American IPA, which is kind of a blend of East and West, but kind of teetering towards the, the West. This isn't bad. Not what I was expecting. Um, this was given to me by a friend who went to Vermont and brought back some beer. He gave me this. Um, it's good. Um, not what I was expecting and not exactly what I wanted right now. I kind of wanted a nice, juicy IPA. But uh, we'll live. We'll laugh. <laughs> we'll love. Mm. And now, a dramatic... We don't nope. do it that nope. way anymore, Paul. Jeepers, oh, Creepers, Pumpkin Eaters. Theater. Okay. Yeah, Master Speech Theater. Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like how Paul did his first reading of Transformers Lesson. He was like, oh gosh, Sheriff. (laughs) Now the Bagden Broadcast proudly present a reading from Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, page 18, panel five. (laughs) Kind of in and out of that Irish accent, huh? Because sometimes you just get lucky. And that was a dramatic reading from Ellen Scott, the Green Lantern. That that reading hit him like a sack of potatoes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what you want from me. Not not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what you get. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, eventually you'll be able to see that that panel over on our Instagram page. You'll also hear that. I still haven't put up the last one because editing those is a pain. Ugh. Sorry, yeah, but guys. we appreciate that you do it, Chris. I appreciate you. And you know what else I appreciate? Storytellers. They're always out there trying to come up with new ideas, like push the mediums forward, you know whether it's comic books, video games, movies, TV shows, they're always trying to figure out, hey, what's the next thing that I can create and, you know, put out there into the world? Hold on. I'm just getting past this. No, it turns out people only like existing properties, so we constantly need to go back to the well. So for this one, I'm going to take a look at some of our favorite stories. And you know what? They need a prequel. You know what needs a prequel? Something that John or one of you guys can uh, introduce because my prequel, I I got one good one, and John didn't give me it before the show started. <laughs> a wink, Chris, wink. this is your baby, so why don't you All start right. it off? So it's, it's a my baby. You guys, I'm going to be taking us way back. Because in early 1982, Professor Raymond Noby headed out into Sumerian depths and found a book, a book bound in human flesh, inked in blood, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, roughly translated, the Book of the Dead. We only see the aftermath of him finding that book and recording the infamous tape that gets played in the cabin in the woods, not that cabin in the woods, the other cabin in the woods, uh, that unleashes the deadites upon one Ashley Campbell and his friends. Uh, I want to know more about that first fateful trip. 
where he unearthed the book and just kind of what Kandarian demon he unleashed uh, that sent everything going down to hell or down into the root cellar where he had to lock away his dear Henrietta. So, yeah, I'm going to an Evil Dead prequel. I do not have a title for it. Should have come up with something because that would have been a fun little hook. But you know what? Well, there's Evil Dead Rise. So why wouldn't she this could do... be then Evil Dead Below? Because <clears throat> people make below me jokes. <laughs> I don't want that. I respect okay. this franchise. Chris, uh, Johnny, you had an idea? Uh, yeah. Uh, the the um, you guys say Army of Darkness is technically remember. a prequel to it because Ash goes <laughs> back in time. Because I thought about that, but no, it's not because now you get stuck in the time loop. No, uh, this would be fun. Like, as soon as you started saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool what he had to do to find this book, the adventure he kind of had, and then getting back to the, you know, like, I, I'm actually more more interested in what he did to get the book, and the movie ends with him starting the recorder and translating it. You know? But, yeah, fun. But what about you, John? Because we got to save Paul for later. <laughs> Uh, so this is a big movie, and when they did sequels to this movie, I was like, they should have just made this character an Indiana Jones-type character. Oh, you can't do Evil Dead. Have, I already did that. Not have him continue to fight the mummy. Mm. And this is Rick O'Connell. I wanted him to be an Indiana Jones-esque character, but maybe we'll get that in the prequels, where it kind of leads his life after he leaves the Legionnaires and when he ends up in that cage and hung, the adventures that Rick O'Connell gets into. I don't know if you're going to find anybody who could be as charming as uh, Brendan Fraser, but it's something I was, I thought it was just silly that they just kept going back to mummies when uh, they have an Indiana Jones-esque character, like have them... I don't think they Have planned on the mummy being what it became. So, you know, doing the mummy was all right. Fantastic. And then I go, oh, you know, the mummy too. It's good. Keep it going. But then at that point, like, well, now we're, we're locked in. Then he had the emperor's tomb yeah. and that's not, that wasn't as good. Still fun. So yeah, fun. still fine. But then like, they I thought made... the third one was actually better than the second one. Oof. I don't know about that. There's a lack of uh, Lasso Amour, or La- what's her name? <laughs> Lasso Amun. True, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, good. It's just different. They hold up, though. I I really wish we could have had a universal, like, dark monsters universe spinning out of the mummy stuff. Maybe for, like, a prequel, you have him... <laughs> Like with vampires or werewolves or gill men. Well, I mean, the vampires and, and werewolves are, would have been Hugh Jackman and uh, the Dracula because they were tied into that because it's the same director. <sighs> That's true, it is. But, man, no. I, I don't want that. I want, <laughs> I want the Rick O'Connell <laughs> one. You know, the better version yeah. of that. Yeah. So Rick O'Connell prequel. That is my pick. Bless you, Paul. Paul sneezed. All right. The one prequel that I came up with that I'm, you know, actually interested in, kind of proud of is uh, 
a West Wing prequel. I wanted them to go back to the governor's house, and that's what I would call it. It would be called governor's the governor's house, and I wanted to you know focus on like the uh, mid to late eighties, um, just local politics because right now we don't have a local politics show on the air. You know we had or a big you know a kind of a fun lighthearted uh, politics show on the air. Veep was a big hit. Uh, West Wing was a big hit. Parks and Rec, big hit. I'm actually rewatching that now. It's it's so good. It's so charming. And then you know you you did have the uh, what's his name uh, Sam from Cheers, also the demon from uh, Good Good the oh, Good Place. Oh, Good Place. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Trying to help Ted Danson. Ted Danson. You know he was a mayor on a show, but I think that show's gone. It has. Uh, Tom Go- was that Tom goes the mayor? No. No. It's a different show. That's that's uh what should I call it's it? Tim Heidecker and uh, yeah, that's like Eric, uh, yeah. Well, see, I never watched the the Ted Danson one because it was done yeah. by Tina Fey, wasn't it? Why well, I don't know, but uh, all I know I is have all the internet here. I can. I want to see them, you know, do a lighthearted, you know, a lighthearted but full of you know a full of heart, a uh, political drama. Uh, you know, you can do it with a uh, Bartlett Jebediah. Uh, Bartlett, uh, you know, out in Massachusetts, Connecticut or Massachusetts, I forget where he was the governor of. It's just uh, called Mr. Show. Mayor. It is Mr. Mayor. And from now on, all my prequel picks are just going to be from Ted Danson's uh, IMDb. And oh. Sam, and, when he's still in the baseball player, <laughs> and he can have a run in with uh the guy with wrinkle with uh with who's the boss sex comedy romp where he impregnates the lady who a prequel to three men and a little lady you can continue so uh, yeah so continuing on with my show that you guys are already bored with uh yeah i wanted to be a late 80s early 90s what was he doing before he joined csa csa cyber he was just cyberbullying people, I'm guessing. Um, so, yeah, Jebediah definitely want to set in the uh, mid to late 80s and early 90s because I wanted to kind of focus on the rise of uh, the 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 Christian conservative movement. You know how we got. So it's kind of like how we got here. And I bored the guys so much that they're leaving. So. I guess I'll get, just keep talking about the show and just bore you listeners. Uh, I don't think Chris and I were, uh, either one of us were uh, West Wing watchers, so. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a, this is the opposite of how Paul feels when Chris and I talk about things that we loved and uh, respect. And Paul's like, I don't know why they like that. Uh-huh. And uh, Paul, you're you're talking about a show that neither one of us know who any of the characters are. <laughs> Yeah. Never but really you, watched an episode except for the time that you've made us watch episodes. They're so good. I don't uh, remember any of them. <laughs> uh, they're full. Uh, I just want a political show full of heart, but I also want it to 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 be set in a time frame that kind of like is the start of our new uh, of our current political discourse here in the United States. So that's that's it. I, I think uh, you know, we we live in this. this Paul. Paul's next pick is going to be called January 5th. 
John got up to get his next beer. So I'm instead start... of the sound of thunder or it's the sound of freedom, it's going to be the lightning of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prequel. You see prequel. the lightning first. What would the lightning be? It would be Operation. Oh. Uh, it's how people kidnap kids or whatever. Oh, it's them going to school. It's like a zany madcap like high school movie where they're like. We steal them, you, and mm-hmm. that's how they learn their uh, white van tricks. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Sound of Freedom. I only know yeah. what I, I've read about it online. Well, but something so I the have top seen, ten movies of the year, Chris. You gotta... actually, I mean, top ten, but not top grossing. Because I just looked at that list. Actually, Guardians beat Ant-Man, Quantumania. But, you know, still two Marvel movies in the top ten for 2023. So that's nothing to sneeze at. Oh, I, I see John's next beer, and I almost bought that today. Um, didn't, because I bought this. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to the next beers after this round. Um, I was trying to segue before, something I have seen. Guys, I love me some Disney afternoon cartoons, but what I really want to know is what, what caused that? Chip and Dale to start wearing dapper clothes and solving mysteries. It I want was, a Chippendale Rescue Rangers prequel. It was the fact that they were going to do a Rescuers cartoon, and they're like, no, we're going to do a Rescuers movie instead. So then they just took that but same premise. I, and I then, don't want the behind-the-scenes stuff, Paul. I need to know oh, okay. the catalyst. Michael Eisner's the villain. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, Michael Eisner did a lot for the Disney company. Yeah. He, it, it would have failed if it wasn't for him. He gets a bad rap. I will defend him. Yeah, that's Chip and Dale. Who put those, who put those uh, chipmunks in clothes? Who makes their clothes? It's not Gadget. Have you seen her machines? They're terrible. Trash. Literal. Wow. Trash. Who's making little, like, Hawaiian print shirts and, like, bomber jackets? So many questions. The answers will be in Chip and Dale gumshoes. Mm. John, you're, you turned off your microphone. There you go. Are we, there we go. There you're back. I, I knocked my microphone off the off my chair when I went to get my next yep. beer. I made a boo boo. It happens, man. I don't know how to do a screenshot, so <clears> it's <throat> fine. Yeah. Yeah. We all have our quirks. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a that's a fun idea, Chris. Is what yeah. I said with my microphone <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, hey, thank you. I was like, I don't know what what yours uh your thing was, but yeah. Uh, John, do you have your next one ready to go, or do you want to talk about your next beer? Uh, I can do my next my next pick. Um, and this is one of, I think, one of Gene Renault's best characters he ever played is Leon the Professional. And you see his... This is, strangely enough, a tie into what Paul was talking about before, where it's a um, child endangerment prequel. Ah. So continue. Um, so we see his his death protecting the 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 young girl uh matilda but how about just him being a a amateur a badass cleaner and just wiping the floors because you get a little bit of that in the beginning of the movie of him just being a hitman mm-hmm. but maybe have a nice super cool adventure where he can just john wick style kill a bunch of people because he does do that kind of at the end but the thing is he's <laughs> He is killing a bunch of cops, you know, some crooked, some not. Uh, but yeah, Leon, the professional, I think is a great movie. I think it still holds up. Um, 
and yeah, doing a fun, so this would be Leon the uh, the uh, intern or Leon the apprentice. Uh, maybe just Leon the cleaner, <clears throat> and just uh, pulling some cool hits and uh, shooting up a bunch of dudes. It, have we ever seen the movie Hitman? The, you know, based off the video game. No, because uh, I've oh. seen I've seen both of them. <laughs> I like the game. I, I forget which one I played. I think I played Hitman Two, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." But I never got into it more than I was like, "This is pretty cool to play more or follow up like ancillary media." I've watched both movies. Were they good? No, they weren't. Oh. So why'd you watch both of them? Like, cause after the first one, so the first you to... one, the first one had um, Timothy Oliphant oh. as the Hitman, which is like again, like oh, I've played those games, they're fun. Oh, I really like Deadwood and Timothy Oliphant. Like, cool, he's gonna be the Hitman. Let's watch it. Not good. Years later, they make another movie. It looks real actiony. It looks like cool. It. It's not a sequel, but like a, a redoing of it. It is a lot more like the game. Um, I think that one's actually not too bad, but not good enough for me to remember it being bad or not. So I've seen both. That's not my pick. Paul, what's your pick? My pick. I've talked about this movie a lot, you know, because it was the holiday spooky season. Uh, so I want to see... Uh, a prequel to Practical Magic. They get a little bit, you know, of the the, the family history in the very beginning of the movie. But I want to see, you know, uh, how the ants that live together. <laughs> Basically, uh, I want a vibes. I want a complete autumn time vibes. You know, just like them doing their witchy stuff in town. How they come back together. Like, I hope they have some uh, really kind of cool adventures apart. And then come back together and live in that super sweet house that they live in. And just uh, then they then just run their kind of magic shop, you know, in a town that kind of despises them. But somehow they still get by in that beautiful house. So, yeah, Practical Magic, the prequel. John, was like this, this movie is haunting me. Is this the one yes. that you gave to Paul? Okay. Oh, yeah, this is the one I was like, Paul, you're missing a big one. You're missing some autumn time vibes. That that movie of them just being like sisters, like and doing witchy kind of stuff. It could be a total vibes movie. You're not you're not there for a big plot. I, you're not there for a big adventure. You're just there for the vibes of like a hangout movie. I feel like this movie is haunting me because Paul's like brought it up a bunch. We vetoed it out of like one of our. Halloween things like Paul, you can't do practical magic. Last year we vetoed it. <laughs> it still seems to be coming around. And the other day I walk in, I walk into my living room and my wife is watching it and I was like, yeah. Are you watching fucking practical magic? And she's like, Yeah, I love this movie. And I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. She's a woman of a certain age. Of course she loves it. <laughs> John's loading up the double barrel, just like muttering, one for you, one for me. <laughs> Oh, Paul, I'm glad you were able to talk about Practical Magic once again. Once again. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Chris, do you want to end it? Or should I go um, with my, my next one and then well, come back to you to finish well, it? Or? Let's get our, yeah, let's get our let's last get beer going. 
because uh, John, you had mentioned an IPA before. So I grabbed my IPA from the Florida Avenue pack, and this is their Luminescence. And this is a double dry hopped tropical hazy India pale ale, 7% ABV. So I think this is actually the biggest boy in the sampler pack. I don't remember what the other one was, but it was something a little bit more um, like tropical ale style. But this is also really good. It doesn't have that typical double dry hop harshness that normally you would expect from a dry hopped IPA, especially something double dry hopped. It's all just very bright, light, tropical fruit flavors, and then a nice kind of like rolling hop bitter off of it. Great, great showing. I think, um, I can't remember which one I had last week. It was one of the two, like, quote-unquote Marvel beers that wasn't actually a Marvel beer. Uh, that was an IP, like a hazy IPA. This is a much better version of that. Also, I think it's a comparable ABV. It's still very good, though. Um, yeah, Luminescence. I think Florida Avenue is a brewery that I might need to keep an eye on because I'm really digging so far the three beers that I've had. Nice. I'm making my wife try the uh, Three Philosophers. Did he, could, does she want to say anything about uh, practical magic? She doesn't like it. But, uh, Paul, so the topic, sweetheart, are prequels to movies like that haven't been announced or anything. And prequels, prequels like a a sequel, but it's happens know what before. I know what a is. Uh, Paul's number two pick was a practical magic, a prequel of the the ants instead of the daughters and how they got that house and their magic shop would that be something you'd want to watch yeah did you ever watch west wing why would you watch west wing uh paul wants a prequel to west wing <laughs> uh I, mean, we, I did watch west wing probably with my parents but... you're not really on the mic so we can't really hear you no no talking to this we're still recording john's pointing to his penis right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I couldn't hear him. It's okay. You're okay. I love you. Love you too. West Wing. You watch it with your parents. You wouldn't give a. I don't. I don't think anyone would want to see a West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> like prequel, right? What about a uh, prequel about Rick O'Connell from the Mummy movies? Like him just being a action adventure guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, the Mummy. Yeah. Good pick. Well, yeah. Without Mummy, the mummy. But no, tell her okay, without any bad? mummy. No mummies. Oh, uh, Paul hasn't done his third one, so we can't tell you what the other bad oh, ones can are. Can I hear it now? Go out of snake order? Uh, uh, can, uh, let me do my beer review. <laughs> let me do my beer review. And I am drinking from Sierra Nevada. Their Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Delicious. Just the right amount of bitter. Um, I every, really enjoyed it when we had it last year, like for the uh, the movie yeah. mix we did with it. Every year it's a little bit different, and every year it's it's usually pretty good. Um, I think they've honed it in. 12, 15 years ago, we just thought it was too much at that time, but uh, now I'm uh, rather enjoying it. <clears throat> Paul, did you talk about your beer? Uh, no, but I'm not going to drink a third one. Oh, okay. 
I, you know, I'm still working on these two. I, I haven't finished them. It's going to be a early morning for some. Uh, I think all of us <laughs> this morning, uh, next morning. So I'm going to I'm going to keep it keep it tight. Chris, did you already talk about your third beer? Yeah, the the hazy IPA. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We we had that break in there, and uh, I guess we're doing a snake order. So here it is, my third pick. Uh, guys, these movies are great, great franchises. And he could say the television series is the prequel. I want to go back before that even happened. I want the setup, the start of the Impossible Mission Force. That's right, the IMF Mission Impossible. The start. I, I want to see how this uh, so, somehow untouched government agency gets set up. It always seems like there's a spy on the inside of the IMF as well. I want to see that actually happen during the start of it. Like, it's always been that way. They're always trying to root out, you know, the, the traitor amongst the mist. Uh, they're mist. So, yeah, I want to go with a Mission Impossible prequel. Uh, here's a twist. Paul's actually setting this up to be like a shared universe situation where the Mission Impossible uh, team has been set up by the governor from the West Wing no. to take out the ants <laughs> with practical magic. Oh, man, he's creating his own universe. Uh, no, because where my uh, West Wing would go back to the 1980s, like I said, to kind of uh, explain the start of the Christian the 90s, conservatives. Paul, so and it then would the, be the ants. 80s. The ants would have been like doing their things in the 70s, 60s and 70s, because they're older. So this would go back to the 1940s during the height of the cold, 1940s, 1950s during the height of the Cold War. So, Paul, you're not going to give you're not going to do the one I gave you. It was good, but you can have you it. You teased it like all episode. Like, oh, I could come up with it. But John gave you something. What was it? It was the uh, the Incredibles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bob, uh, Bob one. and uh, one hundred percent more than Mission Impossible. <laughs> One hundred percent more. No, okay. I, I it's like, like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that was uh, the one that John gave me, and I'm like, that's a good one, uh, Bob Parr, um, going off doing his Mister Incredible thing. We kind of get a little bit of it in the first uh, Incredibles with uh, Incredible Boy, but we could see more of that. More of them hanging out. Maybe they created a super team at one point and they're still falling out. That would be a interesting uh, little movie right there. And how See, Mr. Incredible has to go in alone. I love that John helped why you he with just want to have a sidekick. If Paul had thought of doing the Incredibles on his own, it would have been like, I want to know about Mirage. Like where she came from. I want to see her as like executive administrator, like, you know, putting in the hours, like being trampled by the man, glass ceilings. Uh-huh. That would actually be like a working girl style thing. Throwback Edna mode. Like, give me more Edna mode. Have you guys seen Auntie Edna? We have. Yeah. I was going to say we have, but yeah, we watched it. Yeah. It's fun. Cute. Yeah. So when she babysits uh, Jack Jack? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They just released it, right? Oh. I think it's been out for a little bit. It's been out. It was released before one of the other. Pixar movies is a short in theater, but it might have just popped up on Disney Plus. Yeah, Grayson's made us watch Incredibles two, I think, three times so far this week. Oh, does he like when like the big boat's out of control? Um, I'm 
trying to think what his favorite. I mean, obviously any Jack Jack scene he absolutely loves. Um, he gets real into it. Who was who was dying and he was like freaking out. Uh, You know what? That's funny is he's been watching it with me. He's only been watching it with you. Oh, that was Pokemon. Yeah, he was like, come on, Ash, you oh, can yeah. do it. When, and Mewtwo strikes back when the Pokemon are all crying. And Ash is, like, dead on the he floor. Turned, he turns he's, to, like, stone. And he's like, no, 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 not Ash, not Ash, no. Come on, Ash, you can do it, he said. <clears throat> he believed. He did, yeah. I'm trying to think what... What were your prequels, John? Uh, I did uh, Leon the Professional, and um, okay, what, that was a good movie. The 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 Mummy. Yeah. Okay, I want to be here for the other two. Did Chris do his? No. So yeah. John, because Chris started it, so we'll go with John and then end with Chris. Right? <clears throat> and then Chris can finish it. Uh, so uh, a. Uh, uh, one a movie that I really enjoy is the movie Lord of Illusions, and uh, Scott Bakula plays a cool grizzled uh, private detective named Harry Demore. I know, yeah, no you're shaking your head. Nobody wants it but me. Uh, but he's a really cool character who has a cool history that's teased at in the in the movie. And uh, I would. Your pick was so bad, she doesn't even want to hear Chris's oh, she last pick. She, she literally <laughs> peaced out. <laughs> she, oh, she says she respects Chris. She's come. She's come back to listen. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a cool character. Like, this is the first movie I came up with for when this was pitched, and I was like, oh, what would I want? Because he is a cool character, he's a character that's thrown into this magic world, and it doesn't phase him because he's already had to deal with demons and possessions and stuff like that. He's very John Constantine-esque in a way. I would argue pre-Nobody would be better. Yeah, no, yeah. I still haven't watched Nobody. Nobody's really good. That would be good. He's a better suggestion than yours. Thanks, wife. <laughs> You want to join the podcast? <laughs> I mean, this would have been a fun topic. So, Go, Chris. Hey, so my final pick. Movie that I was introduced to at a young age, and it kind of caught me by surprise because it was something that my mom had been aware of. And as, you know, like a 12, 13, I was responsible for introducing pop culture to my family. Like, I, I'm the one that was like, oh, let's go see this. Oh, let's rent this. Oh, we got to check this out. So the fact that my mom was aware of something before me kind of stung a little bit. Uh, But I always wanted to know what happened to the Blues Brothers. So for this, I kind of see it like a VH1 behind the music. What happened? How they land in jail? What was the robbery? What happened that broke the band up? Case. Kayla's walking away. She doesn't care. She gave me a thumbs up. Oh, okay, she, I had to see, I had to she, see that. Yeah. Because I... Better than West Wing. She I, said it's better than West Wing. I love the Blues Brothers. It's one of those movies that I could just jump into it at any point and be like, uh, all right, yeah. two fried chickens and a Coke. All right, here we are. Like, let's, let's go. And... Growing up, I wasn't into Saturday Night Live until, you know, like the mid 80s. Like the 
I refer to them as the golden years. You know, like Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, Tim Meadows, like John Love. It's like that was my cast. And anytime I tried to watch the older stuff, I was like, eh, not, not for me. But I effing love the Blues Brothers. So I think like an updated take on the Blues Brothers, tell me their story. And I'm there. Give me their humble roots in the orphanage. Their rise to so school star, of rock. Not, not necessarily in the, the orphanage, rock, but like a um, I don't, I'd Paul, you probably haven't seen this. But I'm just gonna pose a question. Have either of you watched the uh, Lonely Island movie, Never Stop, Never Stopping? Yes. I I want like a docu series like that, focused on the Blues Brothers, like. Give me Jake and Elwood as Connor for real, and let's go from there. I I love that movie. It's so stupid, but it's so good. That's my final pick. They don't they don't have to be great guys. No, I know. I I I knew because you know what we put just as much thought into (laughs) all of these as any Hollywood bigwig is. Yeah. Uh, I I honestly knew that Lord of Illusions was not going to fall on you guys. That was, maybe the, there's... that was the name of it. I honestly didn't even write it down on the list because I was like, I don't even fucking know what movie she's talking about. Uh, but there's one listener out there that's going to be like, yo, I totally know what he's talking about. He's Scott Bakula's dope in that movie. I want a uh, Scott Bakula prequel with uh, the building Ziggy. A quantum step, not a quantum leap. There you go. There you go. Listener, while John's still frozen. <laughs> Am I frozen? Yeah, you froze for a while. No, I was just standing in the, the same position for a while. You had a really dorky face you, on you. Were, you were. <laughs> I had a normal face. face. I got Ask my wife. I got a stroke face all the time. But listeners, <laughs> let us know your favorite prequels. Because again... I always appreciate a prequel, but they lean too much into the like, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes, this is how Han Solo got his blaster pistol. Like, I don't need that kind of stuff. Tell me, like, more stories in some of those universes I'm there for. Like, you could argue all of the Star Wars High Republic stuff is a prequel to everything that comes later. Mm -hmm. But it's great because it stands on its own. I had high hopes for the... Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them franchise because it's kind of prequel to Harry Potter. But they tried to weave in too much to tie it into other stuff. And it's and it's it, a prequel it, trilogy anybody or prequel uh, movie set anybody wanted. We all wanted the adventures of uh, Harry's dad. And uh, uh, Harry's the dad's a dick. Give we me more. Want, give we me want the Marauders. All right, give me. All right. We want make, to see make, make this, Harry's all right, dad take a, save take, Snape. No. He saves Snape. I want to see that moment. I want like a stand by me style book with the Marauders. Like give give me the four of them just in their like their day to day adventures around Hogwarts. I like uh, Sirius. I like Remus. I would love a Mad Eye Mad Eye Mooney prequel series. With just being a total badass hunting down bad wizards and losing eyes and legs. And then Kingsley Shacklebolt is such a cool character. Like, yeah, more Kingsley. He's so cool in the books and they don't really do anything with them in the movies. But 
you know, he goes, he becomes the Minister of Magic, so good for him. You don't actually get to see it, but, you know, it's a thing that happens <laughs> 19 years in the future. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, like, uh, the Marauders as a fun series. Um, one of my honorable mentions for this, too, would be, <clears throat> like Paul had mentioned, like, Lord of the Rings, they've they've done that. They are doing a prequel series, but... Like, uh, Battle for the Rohirrim, which <clears throat> I'm kind of interested in. But, like, I'd love a, just, like, a prequel of of uh like strider mm-hmm. aragon like just him being a badass dude in the woods and as a ranger it's cool that he's known by like all the different civilizations in that yeah. in, in middle earth as a different character mm-hmm. uh being raised in the in the uh the white the white tree city i can't think of its name Gondor. uh but, but he's He's being uh, raised there, and he's got to go by a different name because he, they don't want anyone to know that he's in, in the lineage. Like, he's a cool character that all that stuff kind of gets lost in chapters in those books. But I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings stuff, yeah, someone delve into, like, what the blue wizards were going to be that are just, like, mentioned and then <laughs> was, Yeah, they're there, they're there and they're gone. Mm-hmm. I talking about Lord of the Rings. I did like the Rings of Power series. I know it was very divisive between people, but I dug it. I thought it was extremely well done. And my knowledge of like any of that older like ancillary appendix stuff from Lord of the Rings is is nil. So I can't be like, oh well, yes, they they got this wrong. I still thought it was a cool story and like. It's a gorgeous show. Yeah, I agree. It looks great. And again, like, yes, I know a lot of those little things of like, oh, that's not really what that's not really what happened. And that's not this. But I was able to enjoy it and not super care because the knowledge I have of that was more like told to me than actually (laughs) reading those things because they're I think they're impossible to read. It's 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 hard to read. <clears throat> like I could not get into Silmarillion at all. I read mm-hmm. some of Lord of the Rings, but I tapped out during like the Tom Bombadil stuff because I was like, <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. That's he's he's the character that makes or breaks you. He broke me. Bright blue boots. Um, no, his, his jacket's blue. His boots are yellow. Sorry, I had that backwards. Um. Paul, is there anything else like prequel like that has been done that maybe you're like, oh, you know what, this could be better. Could we focus on this instead. In, um, nothing that I can think of right now. I, I, you know, the Lord of the Rings was a big one. Um, not that I've seen the. Well, I was thinking of the Hobbit. <laughs> Those movies, mm. you know, they could have been better. The, the Hobbit could probably be edited down into a better version of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like if it didn't have to like fill three, three movies, movies yeah. i think i the, think the bones are there fantastic beasts and where to find them i like the first one the first movie is fine the first one i like the second I one still haven't seen the third hitters i i literally still haven't seen the third one i i will at some point but it i just don't care and yeah. that's bad because i like most of the people that are in those movies um What's his name? Eddie Redmayne as Newt's commander. 
dig him. The guy from uh, the Balls of Fury. Balls of Fury. I don't remember like the actor's name, but he plays like uh, you know the the normie guy, the nomad. Love him. I I liked the woman that was the Auror. Not, well, not an Auror, but like, you know she worked for mm-hmm. the American uh, embassy. Not embassy, but like wizarding police. Mm-hmm. I liked her. What was her name? Uh, Peppertina Goldstein. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, they cut her out of the third movie because she was one of the people that, like, came out and spoke out against uh, J.K. Rowling's, like, social politics, which, good for her. But then they were just like, nope, you're out of the movie. Wow. Like, okay, no wonder I haven't seen some, the third movie. Some bullshit. But because you, you take, like, a cool, interesting character. and But then they did, like, a hard right turn with um, her sister, like, the... Uh, yeah, the pseudo psychic. It's not legimency like her. Yeah. Like that can get into people's minds. So they made her unrelatable and unlikable. But then you liked the guy that uh, the nomad Jacob, whatever his name was. Dan Dan Fogel. Dan Fogel. <laughs> he's just. I'm surprised that guy has not had a bigger career because he's just. He's such think, a delight in everything he's in. <clears throat> I think people are just like, we don't need to knock off Jack Black. Like I guess, yeah. Um, but I I like the story that they could have been telling in Fantastic Beasts. I think that's interesting enough. But I think they sold it as like, no, it's talking about Newt Scamander. He's finding all the animals. Now we're telling the story about the rise of Grindelwald, who's a character that appears briefly in some of the movies, mentioned a little bit more in the books, but it's not. They're trying to juggle too many balls in those movies, I think, and they should have just focused on one of those stories instead. Maybe focus on Newt, have it be like a fun family movie with like the Grindelwald say- stuff happening in the background, and then you do like another trilogy of movies that's focusing on the Grindelwald stuff leading up to like the battle with him and Dumbledore. Because now they're not going to get to finish that story. I'll say finish it in the third movie. I don't know because they're supposed to be five, and they're like, nope. It's three. I think also like, oh, instead of like worrying about doing a trilogy or this, just put out standalone movies like do a new like a Newt's Commander and everything that kind of happened in that. Cool. Like works. Awesome. Like I said, do a Kingsley Shacklebolt, do Mad-Eye Moody, do this character, do this character, like do this character who takes place way before like anyone else. Do the the how those four wizards met and created a school like, you know, Gryffindor and all these characters. Who invited Salazar Slytherin? This guy's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like that, those would be money makers that they just standalone movies. They're connected to all of that. Again, even just us talking about movies earlier. So much stuff is based off of franchises. It has to be an ongoing thing. So I don't fault them for being like, okay, Harry Potter movies did really well. We're going to do another series of movies set in that universe. It makes sense. But I think, yeah, you need to take a look at it. Like, okay, Marvel, same thing. Like, they start off, okay, Captain America movie, Thor movie, Hulk movie. And then it all did weave together. It wasn't right from the get-go like 
one, two, three, four. Like it wasn't like a series. It was oh, these movies stand alone, but also work together. And now they've they've kind of had to move away from that because they do have this big shared universe. But I think the movies recently that have worked best. I mean, Guardians is great, but Guardians is kind of its own little corner of the Marvel Universe. Shang-Chi is great, but Shang-Chi could also just be a standalone movie. Like, yeah. There's nothing in that movie that really like relies on or ties into much else in that Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just a, a fun movie. Yeah. Still haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. How, how much longer you got Disney Plus for? It's gone. Oh, uh, you could probably buy it. You still got like, you still got Hulu because those are, I believe, those two are merging oh. soon. Yeah, have Hulu until the twenty second. So. <clears throat> hey, you got a week. I got a week. Listener, you have more than a week to listen to us because we're in it to win it. We're going nowhere. Paul, does that mean you didn't get to see the finale of Loki? I didn't see any of Loki because I didn't even start it, knowing that it might. I might run out. And Kate wasn't interested in it. It started when Ahsoka was still ending. So Kate was kind of over watching Disney, those kind of Disney Plus shows. So Ahsoka was never started it. Yeah, ended the week before. But I caught up to Ahsoka for the last episode, which is what I normally do with Disney Plus shows is like I let they kind of build up and then I end up catching up right as the season finale happens. Didn't happen with Loki this time because I'm like, I'm... did you finish Loki, Sean? I'm guessing of you. Of course did. I, of course I did. It's fucking fantastic. It's the best thing Marvel's done since Endgame. A lot of hype. It, just him like going back and forth. Loved it. Oh yeah, and that finale. I mean that finale. One, it's great that it's like over an hour long, but everything that happens in that finale and then the end, the end is amazing. It's it, they do that just, they do that character justice beyond mm-hmm. belief, better than what they did with Iron Man, Captain America, all of that. What they did with Loki was like the best they've done. Thanks. Uh, I know that I saw some, I didn't see him on a late night show, but apparently he was talking on a late night show and it sounded like, that was his wrap up of the 14 years he's played Loki. Like it definitely sounds like he's I that I would believe it, but they still they still could bring him back in yeah. later. Like there's no like finality to it. He's definitely something that he can appear yeah. in any No 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 the actor himself, Tom Hiddleston, was he was making it sound like he was happy to be done. With I think that yeah. Character. I think I think he definitely has had a. Mo- he's finished playing that character in big movies, but I think he'll, if the cameo is right, do a cameo in something. But he doesn't have to. Doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. I don't have to either. I'm not going to cameo in it. Nobody's asking you, String if they, if they did, do it. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be on anything. Even if you were made up as an alien or in a like a complete suit of armor, you wouldn't do it. Oh, uncomfortable. No. Okay. Who wore that armor before me? It smells gross. 
<laughs> I wrote down nothing. Uh, I wrote down uh, Wheelie House and Autumn Time Vibe. I'm going to hit ball. stop recording. I thought you already did.